you are listening to the Holistic Travel Nurse Podcast. Thanks for stopping in and checking me out. Or if you're one of my um, followers and listeners, thanks for continually staying with me as I try to put good content out for you. And always I like to highlight people that are doing things well and have um, great content on their information. If they still have a YouTube channel, then great if they still have. So she's a YouTube channel, The Power of Ozone. And I'm going to use a, sh- a sh- small clip of hers and then we'll go into another um, video that has been hidden about the power of ozone. Um, because this is why you want to work with me. And um, you want to take ownership of your health. Here you go. That's what I will try to answer in today's video. I'm Paula, the crazy ozone lady, and I've been crazy enough in my life to drink literally oceans of ozonated water. And just like you, before you clicked on this video, I have asked myself at one point what this may have done to my gut biome. After all, we know that ozone is able to kill essentially every known bacteria and virus. It's even able to kill a bacteria which produces anthrax, and that's one hell of a bacteria. So then why would it magically spare the good bacteria in our digestion? Doesn't make much sense. But I will get to the bottom of this question in this video. But first, as usual, some shameless self-promotion. One of the most unfortunate things that I have to witness in the ozone therapy world is how ozone is applied these days. And it's often applied in a way where it's doomed to fail from the start. And that's because there's a lot of misinformation about ozone therapy. And that misinformation stems on one part from companies which sell ozone equipment to home ozone users And it's in their interest to make people believe that what they can do at home, that it will have the same effect or a very similar effect to what you can get at your doctor's. Your doctor, on the other hand, in his interest, it lies to make you believe that the only viable and the only really effective treatment is the one that you can get at his office. And both things can be wrong. They can be very effective, but oftentimes they're not. And my interest, on the other hand, is to see people get results. And this means sometimes not doing ozone therapy at all. So sometimes I actually discourage people from booking that ozone treatment at the doctors or from buying that ozone generator for their home. And instead, I suggest other things. So if you're thinking about doing ozone therapy, if you want to, number one, if you want to find out if ozone therapy is something that you should do, and number two, if you do it, how to do it in a way that is really... I like that she has, she has a book coming out, so I'm going to plug that book too. Back to the topic of this video, is it possible that by drinking ozonated water that we damage our gut biome? Well, the problem is there are no studies on this, which is not unusual because there are really very, very few good quality studies in ozone therapy. There is one study which claims that drinking ozonated water and doing rectal insufflation actually improved dysbiosis. So dysbiosis means disturbed gut biome. But when one studies, when one reads the text of that study, it becomes clear that this study could not have possibly 
come to the conclusion because they actually never tested the stool of the study participants. So they actually never looked at the gut biome. So it's really a mystery how they could have come to the conclusion that this improved dysbiosis. So this is just one example of the poor quality studies that are present in ozone therapy, but also in other areas of medicine. But in my opinion, we don't really need studies to answer the question because all we need to do is really just look at human physiology. And when we do this, it becomes clear that it is highly unlikely or nearly impossible that drinking ozonated water would do any damage to our good bacteria. And here are the two reasons for this. Reason number one, the small intestine is as good as devoid of any bacteria. So in a healthy human being, the small intestine is supposed to be very, very poor in bacteria. But that's exactly where ozonated water goes after we drink it. It goes into the small intestine. Now, in those cases when there is bacteria present in the small intestine, this is a medical condition and it's called SIBO or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And it's conventionally treated with something that kills bacteria, namely antibiotics. Ozone, of course, is another type of natural antibiotic. It also kills bacteria. So although no studies exist on the topic, it is possible that drinking ozonated water could actually help with SIBO. So even if you end up killing some bacteria in your small intestine, the better because they're not supposed to be there to begin with. So you may be asking, well, how come that the small intestine is support in bacteria and where are all the good bacteria if not there? Well, they're all in the large intestine. The large intestine, this is where digestion through fermentation takes place. For this, bacteria are needed. The digestion in our small intestine happens with the help of enzymes, not bacteria. And it appears that our digestive system has been designed in a way to make sure that the small intestine is as poor in bacteria as possible. And yes, I said designed, not evolved, because there is more and more scientific evidence that keeps emerging, which shows that there must have been a designer or a type of a higher intelligence which designed life, including humans. I know, this may sound crazy, but what can I say? you've been warned. Now, if you're still skeptical about whether the small intestine is supposed to be poor in bacteria, consider the following. There are two mechanisms which ensure that there are no or very, very few bacteria in the small intestine. The first one is the extreme acidity of our stomachs, which ranges between 1.5 and 3.5. This is only comparable to the stomachs of other carnivores like cats and dogs. So this not only helps us digest meat, but it also serves as a protective barrier against pathogens. Because there are only very few bacteria which can survive such a highly acidic environment. And if they do, then they usually create a medical problem. The other mechanism which ensures that there are as good as no bacteria in the small intestine is the ileocecal valve. And you can find this valve between the large and the small intestine. And the function of the ileocecal valve is to make sure that the content of the large intestine, which contains a lot of bacteria, does not move back into the small intestine. 
And the cases where it does, and the cases where the EUC valve malfunctions, then this puts patients at a higher risk of SIBO. So both the high acidity of the stomach and the EUC valve protect the small intestine from being overpopulated by bacteria. But that's exactly where the ozonated water goes, into the small intestine, not into the large intestine, where all the good bacteria are. And now you may be wondering, well, but if I drink really a lot of ozonated water, it may at the end reach the large intestine and do some damage there or not. Well, it is possible, but in my opinion, it's highly improbable. Which brings us to reason number two, why drinking ozonated water most likely has no negative impact on the gut biome. And that's because the water won't reach the large intestine, and if it does, it most probably won't contain any ozone anymore. Consider the fact that the small intestine is between 22 and 25 feet long. So although it is called the small intestine, it's actually the longer part of our digestive tract, with the large intestine being only 6 to 7 feet long. And the small intestine is filled with gastric juices, secretions and chyme, which is the mix of food and all those different fluids. So, for the ozonated water to reach the large intestine and kill some good bacteria there, it would need to travel the entire length of the small intestine, so all those more than 20 feet, and then still retain its ozone charge. And this is, in my opinion, really difficult to imagine, because ozone, as we know, is highly reactive. So the minute we ingest the ozonated water, it starts reacting with the saliva, with the contents of our stomach and the contents of our small intestine. So hypothetically speaking, if in fact some of the ozonated water should reach the large intestine, it is nearly impossible that it would still hold any ozone charge. So summarized when... So go check out her um, YouTube channel to learn more about the power of ozone. And then let's go to this other one that's like deeply hidden where I have it. Ozone, um, the therapy miracle medicine. Um, it's great. Here we go. Sometimes these don't start that well. So sorry if it's a slow beginning, but good content. Very good content. That's important. It's giving me a copyright information. <laughs> Whoops. I wonder when it was actually published and why it was so hidden. This was a 2014 documentary. Extended version you can find on somewhere. It's hidden. So we're just going to listen to part of it. Okay. Ozone, a medical breakthrough. If you want to go try to find it, not on YouTube. You do something, you take ozone shots. Some of this next sounds a little... It is, it is, it is. It's a, that's in the, uh, one of the underground therapies. What do you do when you've got nowhere else to go? Save my life, you could say. Ozone is the most important doc in the world. I was dying then. You know, I need it now. This is lunatic uh, medicine. My patients very much need ozone. International medical studies suggest a major breakthrough. 
Yet American government officials and the media have condemned it as medical fraud. How has opinion become so divided over such a simple medical treatment? Ozone is well known as the protective layer surrounding the Earth, which absorbs the harmful ultraviolet rays of the sun. It is formed when electric or ultraviolet energy reacts with oxygen molecules typically made of two atoms, causing them to temporarily recombine into groups of three. The new molecule is called ozone. Unstable and quick to react with other substances, oxygen's traditional properties are suddenly more powerful. The ozone acts as a sort of super oxygen in a way. It's sort of electrified oxygen. It carries negative ions on it and it it's a very potent oxidizing agent, sort of like bleach, you know, like Clorox, really. And that's why people are afraid of it, you know, they feel that it's going to bleach out all your vessels. And quite obviously, if you put too much in, it will. By the early 1900s, a handful of European cities had beaten epidemics like typhoid fever by ozonating their drinking water. Today, more than 3,000 cities and towns around the world, including Moscow, Montreal, and Los Angeles, bubble ozone through their water supplies, oxidizing particulates, killing all bacteria and viruses, and leaving the water disinfected and safe to drink. But ozone is also controversial. Greater LA weather forecast, about 75 degrees what we're peaking at today in the sunshine. The ozone index at about 7.2, that's high, and the UV rating as well, about 7. In high concentrations, ozone irritates the respiratory system. Sunlight reacting with air pollution can produce unhealthy levels of ground-level ozone. Most medical research has concentrated on the negative impact of ozone on breathing. For doctors who know only of these harmful effects, the very idea of ozone as a medical treatment is absurd. Now this is lunatic uh, medicine and uh, I really won't pay any attention to it because it's an absolute lunatic. The clinical studies in relation to ozone are absolutely uncontrolled. Some of the procedures they've described are grossly unethical and you'd never get permission to, to replicate them in a Canadian medical school. Uh, extremely dangerous things to do and without any evidence of benefit. Number one, there's ignorance. I think that it almost immediately gets dismissed by any serious physician or scientist as soon as they hear the word. Frank Schallenberger has trained hundreds of therapists in North America how to use ozone. As soon as they hear it's ozone, they're immediately prejudiced because of the alleged toxicity of ozone. But the other thing is, they know ozone is a free radical inducing treatment and it makes zero sense to them. It seems like total bunk to them. And so they don't even look into it. I was shocked to discover that people travel to various, various clinics in Germany from South America, from various parts of the United States, Canada, I mean, virtually all over the world, and paying between two and three thousand dollars cash on the table American for six treatments. And then the list of clinical indications were just far-reaching. I mean, they just included almost everything. They have liver disease, peripheral vascular disease, various types of cancer, pain management, migraine, uh, allergies, uh, hepatitis, uh, uh, what else? eczema, osteomyelitis, all sorts of diseases of various types, diabetes. 
And that's immediately, you know, when you see something like that, you immediately get scared off. It sounds begins to sound a bit like snake venom oil or something, you know, and, and uh, you start wondering again. But I, I thought, well, so here I'm faced with with a range of potential clinical applications. A huge number of people are using it. A patient base that's worldwide paying big money for something. It's got to be something in this. I paid my own way just to go to Germany because I couldn't believe that these things could really be true, you know. Even though I'd been reading all this literature and stuff, I couldn't believe it. But once you go there and you see in his clinic and you see all these patients who've been coming for five years or ten years or twenty years and told that they were going to have their leg amputated, you know, ten years ago, and here they are perfectly hale and hearty, or people who've had herpes um, zoster or... Um, uh, hepatitis or something had been treated and said that you know they'd had this disease for years and now that they're so much better. Whenever you have a disease, ischemic uh, areas for instance in your brain, there's a lack of oxygen and oxygen is very vital and you can bring in some um, metabolism into the brain again and you can heal for instance uh, a brain stroke if you if you get the patient in the first 48 hours in this patient here that was one stroke a second stroke and that patient had a third stroke that small spot here is a third stroke the first and the second one was treated in the hospital without ozone and that one was treated at home with ozone and you can see that the scar is a small one and since the scars are that small after brain stroke the patients are not paralyzed i can give you the table of, of uh, brain strokes in the united states from 71 and from from 90. there were in 9750,000 brain strokes 250,000 persons died and 16 percent are so disabled that they need total care around the clock and, and ozone will help them I, I can count it up from 40 patients, but in 40 patients, nobody was dying, nobody is disabled, and only two are so disabled that they have basic movement only. This 1997 study shows that the effects of some drugs are made more effective when combined with ozone. We can um, take 50% of the amount of uh, drugs we normally use, plus ozone, and then it works in the same way, but we don't have the side effects of drugs. For instance, loss of hair, vomiting, dizziness, and so on. German doctors were the first to use ozone medically during World War I to sterilize battle wounds. But it wasn't until 1959 that Dr. Joachim Hansler developed the first popular ozone machine for medicine. Today, his daughter, Renata Wieban, a PhD biochemist, carries on his legacy. We are the first company in the medical ozone field. We have about 10,000 medical doctors around Germany and about 70% are working with our equipment. It's not a treatment for patients at, the, at their home. The therapy to give the right concentration to give to administer it in the correct form is not so easy dr viban has also written the definitive clinical reference book on the subject addressing the science behind the treatment and listing specific dosages for more than 22 areas of medicine
Ozone is applied in various ways. The main method is known as autohemotherapy, where small amounts of blood are exposed to ozone oxygen and then re-injected into the body. Other methods include rectal and vaginal insufflation, external bagging for burns, wounds, and ulcers, and more recently, the use of an ozone sauna. A growing number of dentists now use ozone to treat cavities and to flush the mouth with ozonated water during surgery, lowering the risk of infection. The most controversial method has been direct intravenous injection, but accidents by untrained therapists have led to several fatalities, and conservative ozone doctors now prohibit the method. The cutting edge is found in only a handful of clinics. This one is in southern India. A dialysis-type method allows continuous treatment of the blood through a canister of hollow fibers, which allows maximum surface contact with the ozone oxygen. This method, more than any other, shows the dramatic change in blood color from dark to bright red. I think I was in the world the first physician who treated uh, AIDS patients with ozone. You cannot kill the virus, but you can help the patients. And my first patient, they are living in a good situation. They are doing very, very well. They are working. The best success we have on eczema patients, then asthma, polyarthritis, and on special cases of cancer, lymph cancer, non-Hodgkin, Hodgkin, we are successful too. The relationship between oxygen and cancer cells was defined by two-time Nobel Prize winner Dr. Otto Warburg, who confirmed that the key precondition for the development of cancer cells is a lack of oxygen at the cellular level. In 1980, the peer-reviewed journal Science reported that ozone inhibits the growth of human cancer cells without damage to healthy cells. How is it possible that one medical therapy could have reported benefits in so many areas of medicine? Along with hydrogen peroxide, hyperbaric oxygen, and mineral oxide supplements, ozone belongs in a family called the oxygen therapies. The implications for these therapies are based on the relationship of oxygen to human health fundamental for the transformation of energy that makes human life possible. It is instrumental in every process, from cell creation and respiration to movement and consciousness. Sufficient amounts provide energy for physical activity, stimulating growth and a healthy immune system. If this swimmer does not surface, within minutes he will die. Oxygen is essential for life and ozone is energized oxygen. Red blood cells carry oxygen from the lungs to the rest of the body. Ozone, applied in small, precise amounts, increases oxygen uptake and stimulates the release of oxygen throughout the body. Another thing are burns. It's a very important treatment because in case of a burn, you know it, it's very painful. So after 10 minutes, no pains. You don't get any infection. And after three weeks of treatment with a terrible burn, you have an effect in this way. 
and after half a year you can't even see that there is a scar or that there are any alteration of tissue. And the healing time, one third of the normal time without ozone therapy. And that's the reason why I'm using it in those. If ozone is so popular in Europe, why is it not common in North America? The Canadian Department of Health and the U.S. Food and Drug Administration require expensive tests proving safety and effectiveness before a drug or medical device can be used. And these tests have not been done. Even in Germany, ozone has yet to receive approval, partly because doctors haven't needed approval to use it. We have made it very clear legally that the medical doctors are allowed or have the freedom of therapy, what we call it, to treat their patients in whatever way they feel. It must be responsible. Otherwise, the patients may intend to sue them, I mean. How dangerous is ozone therapy? In 1980, this published study from a German university surveyed more than 1,000 therapists who had given more than 5 million ozone treatments. 90% of the therapists reported the treatment effective, with only one finding it unhelpful. This study also reported that ozone therapy had one of the lowest levels of side effects of any medical treatment. The results were reviewed and endorsed by the German Society of Pathologists. Sometimes you have uh, a kind of allergic reaction on ozone, yeah. but I have seen this only three times under 10,000 cases. The gold standard in medical research is called the double-blind study. To avoid potential bias, neither patient nor doctor knows whether the patient gets a placebo or the real thing. But in Germany, what doctor wants to give a placebo to seriously ill patients? In Germany, we have treated, I think, no less in the last 40 years, no less than 10 million people. I think more. Now you have the biggest test with 10 million people. No, what do you want more? It's not double blinded. No, double blinded, sure. <laughs> yeah, not double blinded. Ozone's early development was based on the empirical findings of doctors in day-to-day -day experiences with patients. But the historic lack of controlled studies has caused critics to dismiss early reports as anecdotal and lacking scientific merit. Unfortunately, you see, it has been always in the hands of private uh, physicians, and they didn't care about what uh, statistics or about a proper clinical study. They just carry on. If you report uh, your data your, uh, with your subjective uh, uh, impression uh, and feeling in, a, in an abstract form, uh, really, that, that's, it's, it's irrelevant because it's not really, no, no, no data at all. No, the scientific community will never accept this sort of uh, communication. And so Dr. Bocci and others investigated the scientific validity of ozone. We started the, start to study the uh, effect of ozone on white cells. And we found that ozone can uh, stimulate uh, cytokine production, that is production of, uh, for instance, interferon, uh, tumor necrosis factor alpha. These agents directly attack the causes of disease, such as bacteria, viruses, and carcinogens. 
the fact that uh, ozone therapy could be useful in different diseases as a rational basis, because you see, you treat blood. Blood is made of several entities, of several cells of, with different functions. And therefore, by activating different cells, you can treat different uh, pathologies. That is quite, uh, quite reasonable. Ozone use has spread from Germany throughout Europe and beyond. But in Russia, a state-run healthcare system has propelled ozone to the front ranks. Major animal and human studies conducted at government hospitals led to approval by the Ministry of Health many years ago. Ozone has been practiced in Russia for more than 40 years already. The most important event nowadays is the establishment of all Russia Association of Ozone Therapy. In very many parts of Russia and what we now call the Commonwealth of Independent States or the form of the Soviet Union, who bring medical ozone into their clinical practice. Ozonotherapy we started to use more than 20 years ago, and in the present организована система обучения подготовки врачей специалистов озонотерапевтов после дипломного образования образование в России включает в себя преподавание озонотерапии. I'm using ozone therapy from 1992. My special interest is pelvic inflammatory diseases. As for results of our work, the most important result is the high percent of pregnancy in group with uh, pelvic inflammatory diseases because infertility is the most important complication of such kind of disease. Uh, the percent of pregnancy in group after ozone therapy is two and a half times higher than uh, the control group. The main result is uh, well-being of our patients and in my patient I, patients I have no recurrences of diseases. Other research shows benefits with ear infections, shown here. Better results with breast cancer compared to chemotherapy and reduced nerve damage in burn victims. In this major study of 500 patients with a variety of internal disorders, ozone resulted in improvements for 90% of them. It is now even used experimentally during open heart surgery to reduce the risks of transfusion. Nowadays, when all the drugs we buy have become so expensive, ozone is a very good remedy. And it's less time-consuming for the doctors, for the nurses to use it, and it is cheap for the patients. Russian doctors are also members of the International Ozone Association, which holds world congresses every two years, where the cutting edge of ozone research is presented. Hundreds of medical papers have now been published by the IOA, including this study of 300 herpes patients in Brazil, which found ozone reduced pain for almost 90% of them, and for 30%, an elimination of outbreaks for more than a year. And in April 2004, scientists from the University of Marburg announced a potentially major breakthrough. Rabbits with solid deadly tumors were then treated with ozone injected into the peritoneal cavity. 
the tumors were completely eliminated in 50% of the animals. But important human studies still need to be done. In Cuba, Fidel Castro personally mandated the National Ozone Research Center, which then conducted studies that led to approval by the Ministry of Health. Today, more than 100,000 Cubans have been treated for free. The government even runs an ozone clinic for foreigners. It's not a, a paradox that many people want to go to Cuba to be treated. In every main hospital, in every place in Cuba, there is a ozone therapy service. The quality, the attention, the medical knowledge is very high in Cuba. Well, we have introduced ozone therapy in 1986. We have begun using ozone in animals. We have performed a lot of preclinical tests in order to be sure that this therapy doesn't cause any side effects. After that, we have begun with clinical experimentation, with clinical protocols, in order to know what are specifically the therapeutic properties of ozone. And we have begun in the field of angiology. Then we have treated patients with diabetic food with very good results. We increase the healing and also we avoid or diminish amputations in those patients. And then we continued in the field of ophthalmology and especially in retinitis pigmentosa, we have treated more than 5,000 patients with good results, increasing visual field in almost 70%. In Cuba, we have worked uh, and developed therapeutic procedures in angiology, cardiology, gastroenterology, dermatology. It's ophthalmology, gynecology, internal medicine, intensive cares, orthopedics, hematology, neurology. You see, we have study every, every field of medicines and we have obtained good results. Senile dementia, Alzheimer's disease, stroke. Also, we have treated Parkinson's disease, always improving quality of life. Of course, I'm not talking about the cure of Parkinson. But that is important. Increase the quality of life is so important that patients, our patients, receive some therapy with open heart. Yet just across the Gulf Stream, ozone therapy is mired in controversy. In the United States, researchers have largely ignored it, and government officials in the media have called it medical fraud. Well, there was a report done by NBC News. Uh, they went to the Dominican Republic and they interviewed a, uh, a man who was giving, uh, giving ozone treatments for cancer. And this person was not a doctor. And they spent a lot of time talking about all the terrible things he did. And there happened to be hundreds and thousands of qualified physicians who are licensed. Uh, one of them even was nominated for a Nobel Prize in Medicine who they could have interviewed. And they decided not to do that. And I remember confronting NBC News about this, and they didn't even reply. Ozone or oxygen therapy. Many people say that it is an effective treatment for cancer and AIDS. Dr. Harvey Waxman is a malpractice attorney as well as a neurosurgeon. Some combination, huh? A hoax, right, Harvey? Absolutely. Unquestionably a hoax. There's Adam right here. He says his T-cell counts 1,000. Oh, uh, it's wonderful. I'm happy for him. I'm absolutely happy for him, and I really am. However... 
testimonials are no different than snake oil salesmen yeah. who had people who what threw away or faith healers. And you know... First, though, a tragic story of cancer, ozone, and money. Ozone therapy is controversial. The stories that it works are anecdotal. Rare media coverage on the subject has profiled con men and ignored the science. Ozone has also been used as an example of health fraud by FDA officials. Hello, my name is Ken Thiefault. I'm a scientist and clinical researcher. Despite his white coat, this man is no doctor, and in 1999 was sentenced to prison for making false claims and selling ozone equipment. A doctor I know of in Mississippi recently cured 248 cases of AIDS simply with the use of ozone. Those are the classic snake oil salesmen we've heard so much about today. Their actions are moral obscenities of the worst type. And this product, Mr. Chairman, is the notorious ozone generator that you've heard so much about today. This is the tube by which the individual purports to be able to insufflate, even the wrong tube, but you get the idea, to put ozone into their rectum or their vagina, over, despite the fact that there is no medical evidence to support the efficacy of ozone. No published studies have ever shown ozone can cure AIDS, and no peer-reviewed doctor has claimed it. But why has this FDA official denied any medical benefit for ozone whatsoever? Over, despite the fact that there is no medical evidence to support the efficacy of ozone. Yeah, well, you know, he doesn't know what he's talking about. So what's new about that? How many people out there are going to be shocked to find out that their politicians, that the people in high office don't know what they're talking about? In 2004, the FDA website continues to list ozone as having no medical benefit. The resulting bias has profoundly affected the public's perception of ozone and sent a chill through the research community. Despite a sometimes hostile environment, some limited research has been conducted in the United States, notably with HIV. We worked on the AIDS virus to try and see if we could inactivate this um, and at the same time compare it to what effect that had on a healthy white blood cell and we found that we could produce an enormous inactivation of the virus reducing it from a million virions down to no viruses at all at say four micrograms of ozone and twice that dose had no adverse effect on the healthy white blood cell during that time from naught to eight micrograms that was double the dose that was uh, adversely affecting the virus, you are actually stimulating the white blood cell to be more effective. Other researchers found similar results. The Canadian Department of National Defense investigated ozone's potential to sterilize blood. Very, very profound demonstration of, of the potential as an antiviral agent here. And of course we're dealing not with concentrations that, that um, are toxic to the human, but in fact concentrations of, of ozone that have been used in Germany in clinics for the last 30 years. The next step was an animal study. So in 1993, researchers injected plasma contaminated with the simian version of HIV into healthy monkeys. All monkeys injected with contaminated plasma died within 14 days except those receiving contaminated plasma which had been treated with ozone. 
they remained 100% uninfected and healthy. Some limited human research followed. Inadvertently, we discovered that this particular type of therapy has a, an incredible effect in terms of managing pain. I mean, it has a very potent analgesic effect. And then secondly, we were able to discover that the blood that's ozonized actually triggers off the production of interleukin-2, one of the immune regulators. And definitely, there is no evidence of toxicity. I keep coming back to the analgesic issue because it's, it's profound. You have to experience it for yourself. And once you've done that, then you become the zealot, you know. I mean, it, I mean that's why there are casualties of, uh, in the war of science, that, uh, that you become so convinced that something is right that, that you're prepared to accept all of the consequences. And some of those consequences can, it can mean the termination of a career. In some cases, you become an outcast to the, to the establishment. So here we were sitting on, on a very simplistic technology that had promise of literally blowing the lid off of North American medicine or North American pharmaceutics anyways. But funding priorities changed and the research ended. Ten years later, Mike Shannon explains why. There was a, uh, a fairly significant underestimation of, of what the costs, the complexity, and the timelines uh, were for the development of something like, like ozone therapy in a North American, within a North American regulatory framework. Sadly, uh, at least to a certain extent, I think the ball was dropped. Um, not by the Canadian government, by the way. Uh, because as I said earlier, it's not the Canadian government's responsibility to develop these, these types of technologies. The Canadian studies used equipment from two companies both struggled for many years to obtain approval to market their equipment. One company, now called Vasogen, uses an expensive, complicated and patented method that combines ozone with heat and ultraviolet light to treat tiny samples of blood. In February 2004, Vasogen received European approval to treat vascular conditions. But nowhere in the company website or brochure is the word ozone ever... Okay, so you can see there is the hiding of this technology that is he healing to the body. Um, I'm gonna, Dr. Mercola did a, I'm gonna end it with a little bit of him talking, and so, and then finish this off. COVID-19 pandemic, there's a variety of strategies that you can use, but if you do get sick, there's one that hardly anyone is talking about that is very effective and inexpensive, and here's the key, safe, and you can do it at home, and that is ozone therapy. And we're going to be talking with one of the leading experts in the United States, Dr. Robert Rowan, for all the details. I decided to go to Africa in 2014 because knowing what I knew about the Ebola virus itself, I thought that ozone would be an ideal therapy. And because of the similarity, a particular similarity of the, the Ebola viral code to coronavirus, I also believe it will be an effective treatment for coronavirus. Viruses also have a lipid coat, and if you alter that lipid coat, that can also reduce or eliminate their infectivity. 
ozone does attack lipids, our cells has the ability to repair that. That's what our cells are doing all the time. Viruses can do nothing. Ozone appears to be a, a, an incredible uh, antiviral. In my words, it's the ideal antiviral, and it can ding the virus and render it inactive if the virus is exposed to it. Welcome, everyone. This is Dr. Mercola helping you take control of your health in these extraordinary times. Uh, and we have a special guest to help you navigate these times, and that is our peak guest, Dr. Robert Rowan, who is a prominent uh, ozone physician who, as I understand it, has been one of the, the, the practicing ozone therapy longer than any other physician in North America. So he's especially um, uh, adept at discussing this topic for today in light of the epidemic. And I that we're experiencing. I want to preface this before we begin that we are recording this on March 23rd. This is a rapidly evolving scenario, so likely statistics are going to change uh, before this video is aired. So please take that into consideration when we're discussing it. But many of the principles we'll be dialoguing about are pretty much evergreen and they're going to be useful not only for this epidemic and past epidemics but future epidemics. And many people may recall that I previously interviewed Dr. Rowan uh, for his participation in the Ebola epidemic where he actually took his, his staff and equipment over to Africa, and I forget which country it was, and successfully treated a number of individuals over there. So welcome and thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me, Joe. So, yeah, so maybe uh, you can briefly summarize your clinical experience with ozone uh, and uh, what you did in Africa and the results of that, and then we can go into the details on how that's uh, appropriate to information and a resource to have for this epidemic and the COVID-19. I've been doing ozone since 1986, and it, ozone has basically changed my, um, my practice. We have, um, we've treated probably tens of thousands of people and we treat them for a wide variety of conditions and ozone seems to work across the board for most things, not for everything, but for most things. Um, I decided to go to Africa in 2014 because knowing what I knew about the Ebola virus itself, I thought that ozone would be an ideal therapy. and. Because of the similarity, a particular similarity of the Ebola viral coat to coronavirus, I also believe it will be an effective treatment for coronavirus. So I recruited Howard Robbins to come with me. Howard Robbins does a rather inexpensive, uh, quite safe form of ozone called DIV, direct intravenous gas. The only downside to it is it can irritate veins, and yes, it can irritate, but if you're careful and you're not doing it too much, I haven't seen much of an issue, and we use lower concentrations so that we don't... I am going to fast forward. This is one of those episodes that Dr. McCullough is no longer on YouTube. You can find it. I don't know if it's on BitChute. His stuff has just been wiped off everywhere, so... 
Um, we're going to just fast forward just a little. I don't want to end it with this. It can be irritating to the vein. No doubt about it. Why? Vein endothelium, the inner lining of the vein on the inside of the uh, vein, they lack catalase, an enzyme. And lacking that catalase, they don't have protection from the ozone. So if you repeatedly do this, or if you give ozone in very high concentration into the vein, you can irritate the vein, cause a phlebitis, and you won't be happy. So we have to be careful when we do this. I will give you an example of this. In my early days of exploring with this, when AIDS first came out, I was looking for a way to do this by DIV method, and I, I knew more was better, but I didn't know how much more could potentially damage me. I've got nice veins on the back of my hand. You might be able to see it. And this is yes, the hand. It's good. This is the hand that I did it to. I stuck a 27 gauge butterfly in this vein, and I gave myself ozone at 70 gamma, and it hurt, and I was foolish. And I continued the infusion because I got to do something on myself before I do it on a patient. Mm -hmm. And I was doing this on myself as a trial. Two veins in my hand clotted off, and I said, oh my God, I might have lost my veins in my hand. And I was really worried about it, but immediately I started taking proteolytic enzymes. In that case, I took Wobenzyme, and I put castor oil packs on my hand. And you can find good information on castor oil packs, which is good for putting anywhere on your body where there's inflammation. And in three days, I, the blood was flowing again in my vein. And within five days, all was fixed, and my veins are every bit as good yeah. as anybody else's right now. Yeah, hyperbaric would help too. Yes. So that's good. So, well, the average person's not gonna be doing DIV, so. No. But it's good to know. Yeah, that's, that's an advanced technique for medical professionals, so. Um, now, so I, I think another important topic that anyone self-administering ozone therapy as per your recommendations uh, would benefit from is the adjunctive use of um, endogenous antioxidant upregulation. And that would be my favorite antioxidant, which is molecular hydrogen uh, as a yeah. tablet which when dissolved in water generates molecular hydrogen gas, which needs to be consumed in about, about, about 90 seconds after you put the tablets in the water. And done about 30 minutes before you do the oxidative therapy. And this is something I do routinely before I go into my chamber. And I would recommend for anyone considering ozone therapy because it, it, it causes your body to have this, these protective mechanisms ripped ready to go that when you give this stress, it can help protect your body. And it only gets activated if you need it. So I'm wondering if you integrate that into your uh, protocols. We're using a lot of molecular hydrogen, yes. And I like your product. I want your viewers to know. Yeah, yeah, it's, and, it's uh, good I, stuff. I wanna, it is my uh, favorite supplement. I, I want to thank you for getting it out there. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I'm grateful to Tyler LeBaron who helped us put it together and you know, basically develop the knowledge to understand it. Such a powerful tool, and it's gra greatly underappreciated in the medical world. Uh, but it's it's uh, great for oxidative stress, both therapeutic, like ozone, 
hyperbaric oxygen, but also for ionizing radiation exposures, like if you're going to get a CT scan or if you're flying at 35,000 feet, which many people aren't doing nowadays, but if you were, you're going to get ionizing radiation up there. So this is a very useful strategy, and I use it every time I fly. I like it. Again, I thank you for getting that information out there. I've been studying uh, molecular hydrogen for some years. It's published in Medical Gas Research. Mm -hmm. And uh, I like what you've done with your product. Thank you. Joe, I wanted to also expand on, uh, we, we touched on this earlier, why ozone for coronavirus? And Yes, uh, let's get into the details now. I mean, that's what, why we're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> because this is another tool. But I think the information we provided previously gives people the base foundation to understand how to implement it and how, why it's useful and how to do it. Now we're going to get why it's so useful for coronavirus, so go for it. Okay. Um, when I was doing my research on uh, Ebola, I found a series of articles that showed that viruses need to be reduced, in other words, to have electrons in order to fuse to the cell membrane and spew in their genetic material. And a lot of viruses are loaded on their membrane with the amino acid cysteine, C-Y-S-T-E-I-N-E. And I saw article after article showing that viruses can be inactivated if they're oxidized. Poliovirus, Norwalk virus, uh, all kinds of viruses. You oxidize them, they lose their infectivity. There was an article that showed that, um, I believe it was CMV, cytomegalovirus, if they oxidized it, it lost its infectivity. But when they re-reduced it with a chemical, adding the electrons back with a chemical, it regained over 60% of its infectivity. I said, wow, what are we really missing here? We, we have what could be the cat's meow. And then I saw the same thing with Ebola, where it was published that Ebola virus also has to have its cysteine residues reduced for infectivity. So that's what propelled me to go to Sierra Leone. And we were actually invited by the president of Sierra Leone himself. So other aspects of ozone on viruses, there's, there was an interesting article showing that the lipid coat, not just the protein coat. Now the protein, coronavirus has spike proteins. Mm -hmm. The viruses also have a lipid coat, and if you alter that lipid coat, that can also reduce or eliminate their infectivity. Ozone does attack lipids. We just discussed that earlier. Our cells has the ability to repair that. That's what our cells are doing all the time. Viruses can do nothing. Uh, it's even debated whether they're life or not life. I think that they are life of some kind, but they can't do it themselves. Mm -hmm. So if they are inactivated, if their coat is inactivated, they can't repair it. Mm -hmm. The only thing they can do to help themselves is to attach to your cell, dump in their DNA or RNA, replicate, and then spew out more viruses at your cost. So ozone, if you increase the oxidation, uh, oxidative, um, the redox, redox, oxidation reduction, that's a balance in the body like this, just like your pH. 
your pH acid base is always held in balance. It is really critically preserved by the body. The redox status is also critically preserved by the body as well. I believe that oxidant therapy, whether it's ozone or other pro-oxidants, will tip the body into having more, uh, more oxidants. So it's an oxidant stress, which your body can handle. But the sulfhydryl groups, the thiol groups on the spike proteins of coronavirus or Ebola virus, they're very vulnerable to this. They can't repair, they'll be destroyed, essentially, and the virus loses its infectivity. Okay, so there's a lot more to talk about that science. This is such a long episode, but there's so much I wanted to cover, and um, I found that old documentary, and I was like, wow, things that are hidden that need to be shared. This is one of them. I hope you enjoyed it. Share it.